0: Hello and welcome to The all. back again with you guys for another episode of what is our Arsenal news show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time, hope you're doing good, hope you're doing well and have had a fantastic start to your week. Of course, I'm sure you enjoyed yesterday's spurs results we're going to talk a little bit more about that and more arsenal specific stuff shortly but please make sure if you haven't done so already to drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show you can also vote for us in the Football Content Awards. Links for that is all down in the description. Good morning to Olu, uh, to Anthony, to Matt G and Lee. Uh, Good morning to David and Ashton and Matty Gunner. Uh, Good morning to Ashton. Good morning to Black Shine and Bradley. Uh, Good morning to Paul. Good morning to Dave and Damien. Uh, and Marcus as well. Hope that you've all had a fantastic start to the week as has of course everybody else joining us in the chat box as well. Let's kick off with our first story. Liverpool picking up a win ahead of their game against Arsenal this weekend. They uh quite comfortably in the end beat Rangers. A Trent Alexander-Arnold free kick uh is what gave them the opening goal and they played an interestingly new formation uh with Jota, Núñez, Salah, and Diaz all starting this game, potentially giving a bit of a hint to what they might do against Arsenal. It was Thiago and Henderson starting in the deeper part of the midfield. I still believe that Arsenal got a really good opportunity of winning this game at the Emirates on Sunday, but it is going to take Quite the performance, and Liverpool, of course, do have those extra two days' rest compared to Arsenal. That said, Arsenal, I suppose, can afford to rest a fair few more players from their starting 11 than Liverpool were able to be afforded in their Champions League game. Tottenham failed again to win as they drew 0 0 against Frankfurt in their Champions League game. I was reading Jonathan Liu's piece this morning on The Guardian. What a brilliant opening paragraph this is. Let me read this to you. Ed Sheeran played this stadium a couple of weeks ago. And so at least this was not the first time the Deutsche Bank Park had been treated to an insipid mid-tempo performance that some people bafflingly insist is the work of a generational genius. I mean, as starting paragraphs go to a critical piece about Tottenham, I'm not sure even I could do better than that. Rather good from Jonathan. Um, Kapi. the Bayer Leverkusen centre-back has been back to compete at Arsenal. I interviewed Lee Scott, who's a football analyst, and he works for the likes of Aberdeen in recruitment, uh, but has also followed hinkapi uh, at Bayer Leverkusen for some time. And so I spoke to him over on football.london. If you want to read my interview with him, you can. It's up on the website. But we've been linked, according to Calcio Mercato, with the uh, Ecuadorian 20-year-old left-footed centre-back. All things that we need at Arsenal for depth to cover Gabriel. And despite the presence of Gabriel and Saliba and White... Uh, Lee, speaking to me, absolutely backed him to compete with those players and believed he would be good enough even for the reported £22 million price tag that is being suggested to join Arsenal. Uh, Now, according to Fabrizio Romano, Arsenal remain interested in signing Danilo. The reason why they didn't move for him at the end of the transfer window in the summer is the €35 million price tag was deemed at that time too high to secure him. However, considering the fact that the Brazilian league will... Uh, well, certainly the of Libertadores will be at a point where they won't need to worry about having Danilo and they could be more open to selling him in January and therefore they would be able to replace him as well because in the summer the Brazilian transfer window wasn't open uh, hopefully Arsenal will be able to go back in for Danilo for a much better figure this winter. He's certainly someone that I think we should be looking to try and pursue in that January window. Now, Ian Wright was talking on the Premier League show about the potential of Arsenal signing players if they were to return to the Champions League and had this to say. Whatever happens off the back of this season, if Arsenal do get into that top four with the players that I know that are probably waiting, dot, 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 I can't say anything, dot, 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 waiting for Arsenal to get in, the Champions League clearly what he's doing is hinting at the potential Arsenal have of signing some massive players if they were to secure Champions League football next season look all of us are currently getting very excited about where Arsenal are in the table for me my head is still firmly looking at that Champions League qualifications the absolute minimum expectation I have for this team this season and the way we've started the season to not get that would be a massive massive disappointment whether or not Arsenal would be able to go and get players of the calibre. I can see people in our live chat book suggesting Declan Rice. Um, whether or not being in the Champions League changes things for us, we'd have to wait and see. But I would love to see Arsenal go out and sign some of the biggest profiles that are out there and qualification to the Champions League is absolutely the way forwards for us being able to do that. Um, Cedric is to return to Bodo. Oh, sorry, he's re- returning for the Bodo Glimps game, not returning to Bodo Glimt. That's a very different sentence. Uh, but Cedric will return for the game tomorrow against Bodo Glimt. If you want to go and watch our preview show, from the uh for the burger game. We recorded that yesterday. That is the latest upload on the channel before this one. So make sure you check it out. But according to my colleague at Football London, Kaya karnak Cedric will return to training today. There is an open training session at the ground that my colleague Bailey Keo will be attending. So we'll get some more information about who and who isn't going to be involved in the training session. And then Mikel Arteta will take a press conference with one of the Arsenal players Uh, later this afternoon around four o'clock. And then, of course, the game is tomorrow, of which I am very, very, very happy um, to be attending my first press box at the Emirates. So that's going to be an experience to remember and uh, a massive thank you to those that uh, have really supported kind of this journey to the point where I was teaching two years ago to now being able to go and attend games at the Emirates. In the press box and work these games as my job is incredibly humbling um so yeah thank you so much to everybody that's helped support me the channel and my career it means a hell of a lot Uh, and finally lastly on our um bakayo saka story according to footy insider he is set to sign a brand new five-year deal totaling 10 million pounds each year around that figure Um, which would give him a figure of around £200,000 per week in regards to his contract. Quite the step up from what he's currently on um, at Arsenal. But I think we have to be honest, as one of our top performers and most integral parts of the team, he was always going to be talked about as becoming one of the highest earners at the club alongside the likes of Gabriel Jesus thomas parte etc etc what we will see with the likes of william saliba and gabriel martinelli if we manage to tie them down to deals as well it will be intriguing how far they also step up into their higher six-figure salaries but bakaya saka great news this if it is indeed true from footy insider that there is a chance that we will see saka get very close to signing his brand new contract and that completes all all of today's stories so thank you so much for tuning into part one of the show we're going to do go to part two and your questions very shortly so without further ado let's do that after this short break Hey guys, Tom Canton from Laguna Talk here. A massive thank you to everybody that has voted for us in the Football Content Awards. We have been nominated for the best club content creator in the Premier League to vote. And yes, we still need your votes because after being nominated, we now need to push through to try and get even further than that. Third place that we got last year. To do that, you can go over to the Football Content Awards website, you scroll down the page, and you can find at the bottom of that a little link that says voting page. You go down to the best club content creator category and select the Guna Talk after you've done that. Scroll down to the bottom of the page, click vote now, and it's all locked in. You can also vote on Instagram by going to the FCA's Instagram page, find the best club content creator Premier League category and tag at the Talk in that profile. And lastly, you can also vote on Twitter. Just go to www.votefortgt.com and it will create the tweet for you. It's as simple as that. A massive thank you to everybody that's already voted and for those that are going to. We really appreciate it. Come on, you do this. Yes, you can indeed go and vote for us. I hope that was coming through for you fine on my vote because on my screen it kept on lagging, but I'm I'm told pretty confidently that even though it's lagging on StreamYard, it should be coming through for you fine on your end. But yes, all the links how to vote for us in this year's FCAs are in the description. Don't worry, I'm going to stop pestering you about this in just a few days' time. On the 9th of October, the vote runs out, so you won't have to put up with my annoying voice going, hey guys, it's Tom from the Goonah Talk here. Uh, so, you know, uh, you won't have to worry about that very soon at all. Anyway, let's jump into part two of the show and tackle some of your questions. Uh, Mauro says, Will Waters looked good in pre-season and was putting in uh, the Europa League squad. If not a start, I should think he might get 15 to 30 minutes if things go smoothly tomorrow evening. If that is indeed that he is involved in the squad. But you're right to suggest that he is a big part of Mikel Arteta's future plans. They really rate raw waters. He has suffered with an injury at the start of the season, which did cost him some significant time after the pre-season kind of explosion that he had. Uh, Brook Norton Cuffey and him are the two players that are being looked at as potential future options on that right-hand side of the defence, uh, and the Europa League may be able to give him some opportunities if he is indeed fully fit for these games. Uh, NSW says, where Mate Maitland-Niles? Currently on loan at Southampton, not doing particularly well um, that's going to be a frustrating one for him uh, and for Arsenal at the end of the season when they look to try and sell him once again. Uh, Cameron Brooks says, Tom, is Reese Nelson leaving on a free? He will at the end of this season. His contract is up. He did sign an extension before he left on loans of Fire which meant he would return to Arsenal with a year left. So, unless he signs another extension, he will indeed leave for free at the end of the season. One um, of says, how long was Saka's previous deal? I think it was five years. It was a three-year extension um, or a two or three-year extension. So despite them being talked about as five-year deals, sometimes what happens is the extension does not take into account everything. So despite calling it a five-year deal, it would probably include the year that remains on his contract. So at the end of this season, Saka will have just a year left on his contract. If he signs a five-year deal, it would include that year that follows. So he will have an extra four years extended on top of the current year that he has left at the end of this season. That was a lot of years in the set in, in one paragraph. So I hope that made sense. Um then says Tom, would you go in for Madison again in January on the form that he is in? I have a really worrying feeling that Tottenham are going to go in for Madison and, and get a very good player. The question is do we need Madison? We have Smith-Rowe, we have Odegaard, we have Fabio Vieira. Uh, who all play in kind of an attacking midfield position. That said, Madison is playing kind of a slightly different kind of role. He's more of an out-and-out out ten than what I believe Martin Odegaard to be. And despite Odegaard being absolutely brilliant for us, I still see people saying that we that they regret us not going for Madison over Odegaard. I'm sorry, but in the bluntest way possible, you cannot be understanding how important Odegaard is for the way that we play and for the way that what we are achieving, if you believe that Madison would have taken us further in that same role. I just can't get my head around it because he is a completely different type of footballer. Goals and assists, yeah, he brings them. He brings them from midfield. But whilst Odegaard, I challenge absolutely to add more goals and assists than what he is currently doing. And that said he was only what I think one goal behind Bernardo Silva's tally from last season when he achieved something like six goals last year it's it still I would like him to, to get more because obviously we want to challenge players to do more but that's the kind of player that I look to for him to be emulating a Bernardo Silva style role in a team I don't look him to emulate the out and out number tens or the Kevin De Bruyne role necessarily I look for him to be the the quiet creator, the guy that keeps the play ticking over, the engine room of creativity in Arsenal, plays the pass before the pass, that kind of thing. That's what I look to, as long as well as he's, he's complimenting or contributing as well with others. But Madison, you know, he's a different player. Would I like to see him at Arsenal? Absolutely. stops him going for Spurs and obviously we'd have a quality player in Madison. But he would do a different job to Erdegaard. So I'm sorry, but it's just not in terms of the argument around we should have gone from Madison to Odegaard for me is just it doesn't make any sense in my mind because he's Odegaard is so important for how we play that he, that Madison would not be able to replicate that, that same kind of engine that Odegaard provides to Arsenal. Uh, Ashton says, if we make Champions League this season and you could go out and buy one world-class English midfielder, would you go for Rice or Bellingham? And do you see them as a six or an eight? Well, the thing about Bellingham is... I don't think Bellingham plays where Partey plays. I Just for me, I don't see Bellingham playing the role that Partey's playing right now. I might be very wrong, but I see Bellingham also playing the role that Granit Xhaka is currently playing right now. Rice... I do see playing where Partey is currently playing in our midfield. And Rice could potentially be that competitor that we've needed, of course, when Partey is not available. I also think that Partey and Rice could play together. I think that Partey and Bellingham could play together. It's a difficult one. It's a really difficult one. Um, I, I err on the side of going for someone like Bellingham because then I'd be tempted to see if he could replace Partey if we needed him to. I also feel as though, you know, of Xhaka and Partey, despite Xhaka having a great season so far, that if you can upgrade on him and still keep Partey in the team and have your massive buy in the team, you're upgrading things better overall. But there is a really strong argument that you should bring in a player that can cover and compete with Partey much better, which obviously Rice would be able to do. It's a tricky one, Ashton. I'd love to know what people think in the chat box. In fact, what I'll do is I'll leave a poll. Who would you... Other sign... Bellingham or Rice? Let's just get that going in the chat box. Uh, I'll put in 2023. There we go. Bellingham or Rice? Who would you rather sign for the club in the summer? Uh, we'll We'll refresh ourselves of that vote just after a few more questions. Uh, Zed says, what do you think of our chances against Liverpool? And I'd actually be heartbroken if Saliba doesn't get a new deal. We haven't had a centre-back like him in the last two decades. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but I think our chances are good against Liverpool. I'm confident. In my mind, we should be going into this game thinking we can win this. We can absolutely win this game. So I do give us good chances against Uh, against Liverpool absolutely Uh, Jacob says has Arsenal been that bad to date because some pundits still don't want to admit the progress we've made all Crystal Palace is a test for them top six club now it's Liverpool pundits don't want to give Arsenal credit mate it's as simple as that Arsenal aren't a very likable side people don't like Arsenal People don't like their fans you know it's just part and parcel of what it is to be in the world of Arsenal we're not particularly liked it's just the way that it is I know that we've been great. You know that we've been great. You know that you don't need to be vindicated by pundits that are just, in some senses, unfortunately, creating opinions to stay where they are. And I genuinely believe that to be the case, that some of the opinions that are put out on certain outlets genuinely aren't their views, and aren't their opinions, and are just being exaggerated, are being given with hyperbole. And that's as simple as that. Uh, AV says, can you see Rule Waters getting any minutes on Thursday? Uh, if he's in the squad, then potentially, as I said, we're going to find out who's training in today's senior open training session uh, a little bit later on. So we'll find out if he is indeed in the team. We can talk a little bit more about, about that in tomorrow morning's show. Uh, Nitin says, our attacking midfield is quite settled and doing well. So why risk it all by bringing an unnecessary player? It's not uncertainty that he will perform on similar levels after the move. Also, what I would remind you of is the fact that we are heavily linked with Jesper Lindstrom right now of Frankfurt. Arsenal are clearly looking at that position as something that they want to strengthen. Even though we have Odegaard and Vieira and Smith-Rowe, it seems clear that the club aren't necessarily done investing in that kind of position. So, Don't count your chickens before they've hatched, is all I would say on that one. Uh, Nandy says, Hi Tom, speaking of Maitland-Niles, isn't it so clear now to look at the current 4-3-3 formation and see why Maitland-Niles and other fan favourites like Ozil aren't at the club anymore? Maitland-Niles simply lacked the technique. I don't know if it's about technique with Maitland-Niles. Maitland-Niles lacked the mentality. Maitland-Niles lacked the understanding that if a manager sees him playing in a certain position, that he should absolutely work his ass off to play in that position. At a club like Arsenal, if you're being given the opportunity to play somewhere, then you put your absolute all into trying to make it in that position. Players that have kind of this mental block around, no, I'm this position, I don't want to play here. Being a footballer is a very, very privileged role to have in in a workplace, Very privileged. And so if someone who has the expertise, and this isn't just Arteta, but managers before that that have used him in these roles, if he is believed to be a better player in these wide fullback or wingback roles, then you should be doing everything you can to play in those positions. And I don't believe that he did. Not just from what he said in the past. And I know he came out after and said, I would play anywhere, but I think it was too late by that point. Also, don't go out on Instagram and, and beg to leave. That that doesn't particularly help either. Um, Lynn says, Tom, I wasn't thinking that Madison oh no, I, I wasn't saying you, Lynn. I was talking more about comments that I've seen elsewhere. So don't worry, I wasn't I wasn't talking about you. Um, let's go to Clive Clough, who says, uh, hi Tom. Uh you are Mr. Know It All. Please tell me is Saliba gonna sign. Trust me, Clive. Whilst I may come across like someone who thinks they know it all, I'm not. Uh very few tidbits of information sometimes, but I can't tell you if Salih was going to sign. All I know is the club has said to be confident that they will convince him to sign a new deal. I don't know whether or not, um, you know, I, I don't know whether or not it would work. Uh, I don't know whether it would work for uh, uh, every, like, in the long term. And I don't know whether or not he would sign. I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> I'm waffling now because I just. I just don't know. Uh, Mohammed says, hi, Tom, all the best. Uh, why, Why do you do a fan show just for the Discord server? I don't do a fan show just for the Discord server. We do a preview show with our Discord server members. Uh, I want also to participate with you like last time. Please do an open show for uh, the fans. I assume you're talking about our phone-in shows, Mohamed. I haven't done one of those. Reason being, I haven't had time. I've been on my honeymoon. I've been getting married. And then I've come back and I've had work straight away. I haven't had time to do many evening shows. And the preview shows has always been for the Discord members who obviously contribute and support the channel. And that's why uh, we do the preview shows with them. Um so I hope that answers your question. Uh, Gabenga says, side Tom. If we want to keep up with our spending slash salary structure, our best bet will be to sign Danilo from Palmeiras. He's the closest that we can get to Partey. Good forward passing and defensive awareness. I can't disagree with you, mate. I agree with everything that you said there. Uh, Aya says, are you not worried that the need for a Saka challenger is being neglected because Partey is the one of more of a glaring issue? Um I think Arsenal are capable of working on multiple fronts in the transfer window. That's why we quickly brought in the likes of you know Turner and then or Marquinhos and Turner and Jesus and Zinchenko. I think that's why we were able to do that and Fabio Vieira, of course, too. We can work quickly on multiple deals and multiple positions. So no, I don't necessarily think anything's been neglected right now. I just think at the end of the window they were looking at potentially bringing in a winger, and then ultimately the midfield injuries cost us, and then they couldn't pivot quick enough to bring in a player that they wanted. And Aston Villa were morons for not accepting £25 million for a player of the year left on his contract. Absolute morons. Uh, Ronald says, Neves has improved a lot defensively. Think he has the third most interceptions in the league. Would you take him over Luis? Yes, but it would depend upon the price. I'm not paying upwards of £50 million for Ruben Neves, that's for sure. Uh, Avi says, do you think it's the last chance Sambi has to impress this season? No, I don't. We've got a lot of Europa League games. He will be playing in these games for sure. Uh, Let's check on our poll results so far. Uh, 65% of you had said Jude Bellingham. 35% of you have said Declan Rice. Interesting. Quite split, uh, but there is clearly a lean towards Bellingham more so than Rice, it seems, right now. Uh, Let's go to... (laughs) Tommy says, we'd love to contribute to see a preview show, but struggle with Discord. It's not very user-friendly. And I'm only 37. Tommy, look, uh, members, of course, link in the description as always. Uh, The members will tell you that are in this chat box now that the Discord is a very friendly place. If you're talking about the technical side, um, imagine it just like WhatsApp with multiple different kind of topics to discuss. Uh, And I'm sure, because it's such a kind community in that Discord server, some of you have no issue with people helping you out if you needed them to. Uh, once you get the grasp of it, it's quite easy. Trust me, even at me, I think at, what, 24 at the time uh, when I started, maybe even later than that, maybe 26, I had to come to, grasp, come to terms with grasping how, to, how it works. But trust me, it works. It's good. And uh, it's one of the best things that I've ever decided to do with the channel is start that discord server um matt says news comes to america slowly what was the score of the north london derby it was free one mate (laughs) love it absolutely love it dave says can we do a summer 23 free transfer show as to who we could slash should go for absolutely dave what i'm going to do though is i'm probably going to wait until 2023 to do that because it's you can do a show now and then players sign deals or players sign pre-contract agreements in January. So I'll probably wait till March, April time to do that free transfer thing. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But there's going to be... I could potentially do one in kind of a who could we sign to a pre-contract agreement before January. That might be something to look at. But other than that, then we'd do another one updating things. I also said that I wanted to do an updated version of our tier list video. You remember we did the honeymoon series. We did a tier list series where we kind of rated and ranked the player's um that have played so far i wanted to kind of keep those up um every month or so so i'll probably do that towards the end of the month along with the uh the loan report as well so absolutely um we'll have to wait and see Zed says come on fellas lindström is not champions league standard wow i mean he's done really well in the champions league this season zed having watched frankfurt and watched him in the bundesliga a bit now as well i've been very impressed with jesper lindström very, very impressed indeed. Um, let's go for a few more before we wrap up. Uh Nate says, why is Arsenal gonna win the league? Ha ha ha. <laughs> Look, we're not un um, for me not talking about Arsenal as title challengers. Uh for me, Arsenal aren't a title challenger uh until we we sit in April and we're still within touching distance of City. Then I think we can certainly talk about Arsenal as title contenders. Um, but for now, it's far, far, far too early in the season. We're still in the part of the season where Spurs used to be talked about as potential title tra- uh, title challengers before they fell away in like November. So look, until we are sitting in April as uh, a team in touching distance, and what touching distance is, I suppose, is subjective. We'll have to wait and see because it depends what fixtures remain on different teams. But that's when we can start talking about Arsenal as title challenges. That's for sure. Uh, Ashton says, what about a Liverpool prediction? I'm going to wait for that until Friday's preview show, Ashton. So uh, let's just chill on Liverpool. Let's focus on our Europa League game tomorrow. Uh, Christopher says, Tom, why are Arsenal potentially being restricted with spending when Chelsea and PSG seem to spend whatever they like? Is financial fair play non-existent for certain clubs? I don't think it's necessarily about FFP. I think it's more about the fact that Arsenal have struggled to make profits for a long time. Um, We aren't great at selling right now. We haven't been good at selling right now. And there is kind of an emphasis on making sure that we don't keep spending without making sure that we are bringing money into the club. I know that we are gradually working on building up a quality kind of roster of players that if we do sell, we're going to be able to sell them for better. But I don't think it's necessarily specifically to do with FFP, even though it does link to FFP, I think more so the restriction comes from kind of an executive level that are worried about how much we're spending and worried about how little we're actually making in terms of player sales. I think that's more to do with it than specifically FFP. Um, Ronald says, if we get Champions League and win the Europa, that allows us to spend the most possible. How much would you think we would spend? um you know arsenal needs to be in a position where we're not looking at how much we're spending we need to be in a position where looking at the players we're bringing in at the moment arsenal have spent the last three windows bringing in a high number of players i mean if you look back over this summer we obviously brought in five players uh you look back to last summer we brought in six first team players if you go back to the season before that uh, we brought in, in 2020, Gabriel, Partey, Willian, Uh, uh Who else did we buy? Uh, Pablo Marie on a permanent deal. Uh, we've got uh, Cedric Suarez on a free transfer. So another six players. The season before that, we bought Pepe, Saliba, Tierney, David Luiz, Gabriel Martinelli, Danny Sabayos on loan. And the following summer, actually, we brought in Ceballos on loan. We need to stop being a position where we're bringing in five, six players. If you're bringing in five, six players a summer... You're not a side that is looking, in my opinion, to stabilise yourself as a potential title challenger. You look at what Manchester City do, they look at bringing in two key starters, sometimes just one, and Liverpool certainly have. You look at Darwin Nunez this summer, but they brought in Haaland and they brought in Calvin Phillips, who doesn't even start for them right now, he's more depth. And obviously they brought in the left-back Gomez too, as a depth option, you know, to replace Zinchenko who left. We need to be in a position where we're not looking at how much we would spend. It's more about the quality of player and the number of players that we're bringing in for the starting squad. Arsenal, if they're bringing in five, six players, I don't think we're showing progress. If you're bringing in five, six players a summer, that's that's not progression. You know, Arsenal needs to be in a position where they're bringing in one, two, three players that are of really high quality, that push the needle in a number of areas of the team. I think in January, if we can get a Danilo, great. Then you move to the summer, I think you can then look at bringing in a world-class midfielder. I think you can look at bringing in a Diogo Jota-style forward who can play across the front three to give us that depth. That's what I would want Arsenal to be looking toward. Potentially another centre-back as well. If we need depth there, if Holding leaves, if Marie leaves, you know. And if Saliba... And we don't know what's going to happen with Saliba as well. So we have to take that into account too. So yeah, I think that hopefully should sum up my feeling around squad building and, and what it is. But don't focus on the amount of money focus on the amount of players and their quality that's where the focus should absolutely be regarding Arsenal and squad building anyway um we are going to wrap things up there thank you so much guys for tuning in as always it's been a genuine pleasure uh do not hesitate to drop a like on the video do not drop uh do not hesitate to vote for us in the football content awards all the links are down below in the description go and read my interview with Lee Scott talking all about Piero Hincapi the Ecuadorian centre-back that Arsenal have been linked to uh, by Leverkusen really good insight on him. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning, of course, looking ahead to that game against Buda Glimpse, uh, of which I'm very happy now to be going to as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. It's been a genuine pleasure as always and as always, I'll the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute